Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Marshall Scott, who covers Oklahoma State athletics for Pistols Guys and knows a lot about the Oklahoma State baseball team. And Marshall, really appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And uh, a little tired, I'm uh, not going to lie, but, you know, what a, what a wonderful time of year it is. Yeah, I know. Playing three baseball games in a 24-hour span, especially with that much scoring, can really take a lot out of you. I mean, just, just watching the game will be pretty exhausting, much less covering it. But uh, let's just start right there, man, especially with the game last night between Arkansas and Oklahoma State. A wild one, just like the first game was between these two teams. And, uh, I mean, was this kind of what you expected out of Oklahoma State in this region? Do you expect this much offense? Did you expect them to do what they did yesterday and scoring as much as they did in those two games back-to-back? I mean, how were they able to do this? Uh, I, I, you know, I think I knew that their offense was good. They've got a lot of, you know, good hitters. But to expect the amount of runs they put up over the just the past two days, uh, you know, three games, I don't think anybody's quite expected that. Um, you know, the the bullpen uh, in particular has been pretty inconsistent for Oklahoma State uh, throughout the year. They've had their ups, uh, but they've certainly had some downs too. So, so you thought that if Oklahoma State is going to, you know, advance in the postseason, if they are going to make a run at this to Omaha, um, that it's going to be through their offense, but. I don't think that anybody could have, you know, suggested, you know, the, what was it, 14 or 15 runs against Arkansas on Saturday night, the 29 runs against Missouri State, um, and then come back with another 14 um, last night. It's it's been it's been truly remarkable. Um, but like you said, they've got they've got you know some outstanding hitters. Um, Griffin Dorshing um, kind of has led the way for them uh, this year, along with Jake Thompson, who's kind of an underrated underrated guy um, in the lineup. And then you've got guys like Nolan McLean and then Rock Riggio, who's just gone absolutely nuclear. Um, in this regional, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch, but it, it's been exhausting. Of some of those guys you just mentioned, who's the biggest matchup problem for opposing pitchers? Because there is a lot of power in that lineup, and some guys that can do a lot throughout that lineup. So who who poses the biggest problem for op- opposing pitchers? Yeah, I'd say on a normal you know game to game basis, it would be Griffin Dorshing, um, ginormous, six foot four, two hundred fifty pounds. If he if he gets his bat on a baseball, it's going to come wherever it's going. He's going to go there quickly. Um, he's hit a lot of home runs. Um, as you guys are looking out to Obrate, uh, he hit a, a bomb is a couple of weeks ago um, in the Texas Tech series. He hit a bomb. It's about 50 feet over the scoreboard. Um, Josh Holliday, I think it officially came in at 515 feet. Um, Josh Holliday said that that was bogus and that it went at least 600. So I- anytime he gets his bat on the ball, it's going to be pretty crazy. Um, but Rock Riggio has been outstanding in the regional. Um, it's it's pretty remarkable just what he's been able to do as a freshman. Um, he plays with a lot of confidence, as I'm sure some Arkansas fans. He's he's not their favorite uh, player right now um, with the trot that he had on, on Saturday night, and then he made a dead sprint of it uh, last night with a home run trot. So um, those two guys right now seem to be the hottest. Um, then you got a guy like Nolan McLean, who uh, has kind of been like a, a home run or strikeout guy throughout the year. He's found some consistency here as of late. Um, he's hit six home runs in the last five games, so that's been uh, pretty crazy. But then a guy like Jake Thompson, he's also has 14 home runs on the year, I believe, um, and he's you know kind of been their best batting average guy. So there's a lot of guys that, that up and down the lineup can cause a lot of issues, but if there was one player that I wouldn't want to throw against, it would definitely be Griffin Dorshin. Well, Marshall, tell me this, because I'm sure this is a question you've been asked a lot. Who's pitching tonight for Oklahoma State? Is it going to be you? Or are you going to trot out there? I mean, who are they going to go with in this game? Yeah, I, I kind of came up with the idea that, um, as we were sitting in for the uh, Missouri State game yesterday, and it, it was clear that Missouri State just had nobody else that they could throw out there, um, that they should maybe get a pool of high school kids 
that both teams can pick from. Um, that whenever they run out of pitchers, that, that both teams can throw out there. But I honestly have no clue. I think that it'll be a hard. I don't think it's going to be like one guy getting extended innings. I think it'll kind of be a hodgepodge of, of people. I think Victor Medeiros, who um, pitched the first game against Missouri State on Friday, I think that he will get some run. Um, I wonder if they'll give Justin Campbell their All-American arm uh, who pitched Saturday. I wonder if they'll give him an inning or two. Um, and I, I kind of think they're just going to go from there. I think Kale Davis will get some innings. Um, I'm not sure that that it's going to be a one one man uh, show on the mound for Oklahoma State tonight, uh, but I really I don't even have a, a clue as to where they'll start. Uh, but I do think that that Victor Medeiros, Kale Davis, um, will both you know throw some tonight and, and then kind of go from there. A guy like Nolan McLean, he plays third, but at times he pitches. Is he someone that they've depended on to come in and, and close out games because? That seemed to be the situation in the last couple of games where they went to him at the end and they were kind of depending on him to shut the game down. Yeah, so it, whenever the year started, um, Trevor Martin was, was their you know closer. They expected Trevor Martin to, to start games um, in the fall, um, but it just kind of so happened that, that he ended up being the closer for a little bit, um, ran into some issues, uh, closing out games against Oklahoma, which is you know it's a big deal that, that those are games that, that in particular that they would need to close out ran into some issues, had some confidence issues, um, and that kind of opened the door for Nolan McLean to, to be the, the the guy um, coming out as a closer. Um, I, I'm not sure that he would pitch again tonight, but, but yeah, he's been really good. He, it's just it's kind of crazy all the things that he can do. He can hit 500-foot home runs. Um, he plays a really good third base. Um, and, and then if he needs to go on the mound and throw 96, then he'll go on the mound and throw 96. So he's just kind of an all-around baseball player. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's been the guy that's, that's closed out uh, more often than not here as of late. Uh, but with him going two innings last night, I'm not sure that they would rely on him again tonight. Speaking with Marshall Scott of Pistols Guys here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline on Out of Bounds. Uh, Marshall, you know, a, a player that uh, has gotten in and pitched a little bit, of course, was McLean. And, and it's funny because, you know, two-way players, I, I can't remember the last time Arkansas had a two-way player, maybe like Brett Eibner way back in the day. And I know that there's a, a lot of other players and teams that, either have or don't have them. But just out of curiosity, is that something that's common under a holiday team? Has, has there been a few two-way players, or is he just that special of a guy where he's really good third baseman, but, hey, if you need him in a pinch, he can come in and pitch for you as well? Yeah, it'll. there's honestly been a decent amount. Um, I, I think back to, uh, I think he was on the, the 2016 World Series team, Connor Costello, um, who ended up going on and playing pro baseball. I don't think he ever made it up to the majors. Uh, but he was one of those guys. And then they've got another guy in this roster, Houston Morrill, um, who I believe threw the, the Saturday Arkansas game um, a, a little bit. He started his freshman year as OSU starting shortstop. Uh, he'll work in as a middle infielder, but here as of late they've used him uh, more as a pitcher. So so he's a guy that, that can go both ways. He was on the base paths um, as a pinch runner uh, last night. He was one of those runs that scored uh, to tie the game up. So um, he's one of those guys. And, and yeah, it's it's pretty kind of freaky how, how Holiday is kind of finding these guys. Um, I, I don't know that it, at this point, you know, they, they might need another surprise guy that maybe just get through in high school that they could use tonight with all the all the thinness at, at the arm. So, yeah, it's kind of been a, a staple under Holiday that he's been able to find a guy or two that uh, can do this every year. Uh, but I, I don't think anybody's quite done it at the level that, that Nolan McLean has. He's, a, you know, a, a major league prospect um, who, at this point, they're not honestly not sure if he's going to go as a, an infielder um, that, that can hit or if he's going to go out as a pitcher. Marshall, you did mention that the bullpen has had problems throughout the season. So what kind of problems are we talking about? We saw on Saturday night that there were a number of hit batters. And uh, so that was a problem not only with the bullpen, but even the starting pitcher. 
But what kind of problems are we talking about with that bullpen? Yeah, it's it's been inconsistency got kind of on a guy by guy basis. It seems like you know every once in a while one guy will get on a hot streak and then he'll go cold and then they'll have to find another guy who's who's the hot arm. So it's kind of been about finding the guy who's hot at a particular time. Uh, but but it hasn't been a consistent guy throughout. Um, Roman Fansocker, who, who threw some last night, honestly can't remember if it was a Missouri State game or or the Arkansas game at this point. Uh, he's been kind of the most consistent guy that they've had. Um, and then followed by Kale Davis, but even those two, they've they've been touched up uh, quite a bit uh, as of late. So it, it's kind of been finding the right arm at the right time uh, that they've kind of struggled with. Um, I, I think they do have a lot of talent in the bullpen, but none of those guys have been overly consistent throughout this year. Yeah, I'm curious about it, Marshall, because obviously we talked about the offense and how much there's been so far in in not only in these games, but in in the whole regional itself. And a lot of people are kind of pointing to the possibility of it being the ballpark, where the ballpark just allows for a lot of offense. You cover Oklahoma State uh, on the regular. Has this been a ballpark that has offered a lot of offense all year long, or has it just been a coincidence here in the regional and in postseason where it's all go down that way? Yeah, I think it's more so been a coincidence this year or this you know postseason. I, I feel like for most of the time, uh, the wind's been blowing in uh, throughout the year, but. I don't. I don't know what it is about this team. There's a lot of power on on all these teams. That's kind of what they said about Missouri State. That yeah, they're a four seed and they definitely should be the four seed. But it, that Missouri State was a team with a lot of power. Um, and then obviously Oklahoma State's got a lot of power. All the guys I mentioned, Arkansas's got a lot of power. So I, I think it's a little bit of uh, both that's kind of happening. In that I, I don't think the field has necessarily played small all year. But with when you bring this much power, plus you know there have been nights where the wind's blown out and it's it's looked a lot shorter than it's been. So um, it, it's made for a lot of fun baseball. I will say that, but. It's also been for a lot of, you know, really long games and, and really gaudy scores. How about the coaching staff that's in place? Of course, you have the connection with Josh Holiday, his brother Matt Holiday's on the staff as a volunteer. And then you have Robin Ventura, who was a star at Oklahoma State, and he's the student assistant. So you got a, a, a lot of um, veteran leadership and guys who had a lot of success, not only in college, but on the major league level on that coaching staff. Yeah, it can. It uh, in no way I don't, I don't think can that hurt a program having guys like that who just kind of want to be around. Um, you know, Tom Holiday, uh, Josh, and Matt's older, or their dad uh, rather. Um, he he coached at Oklahoma State for a long time. Um, so so both of those both the Holiday brothers they've been you know just kind of around Stillwater and, and grew up here. So you know this is just kind of where they they want to be. And then you got Robin Ventura, obviously the first base coach as a you know an older student assistant. Um, graduated this year, uh, finally, with his college degree. So, so that's been a cool deal. Somebody mentioned um, on Twitter yesterday that it'd be like if Oklahoma State's running back coach was Barry Sanders. Um, you know, it, it's pretty crazy if a, a guy hits a double that Robin Ventura is, you know, running over from first base to grab his elbow pad. Um, so, that, you know, that's got to be a big deal in recruiting. Um, and it kind of just shows, like, a kind of a family aspect that Oklahoma State's had over the years. Um, that, you know, it's not the biggest um, town by any means. Um, it's not the biggest program by any means, but the, the the people who care about Oklahoma State really do. It's a really tight-knit kind of group. You know, another thing, Marshall, is that uh, something that's been pointed out, and this is just mainly from a lot of different baseball people, is just watching these games, and, you know, people were expecting maybe at-capacity crowds for some of these games, and we just haven't seen it yet. And who knows, maybe tonight it'll get close to that point and everything. But are you surprised by by the, the crowd size here? Because I know that obviously Oklahoma State's got a team in the College World Series in softball as well. And, you know, there's a lot of elements. But uh, was this were you expecting maybe a bigger crowd than what we've seen in a few of these games? Yeah, it definitely was. I think, you know, obviously 
kind of splitting the fan base between Oklahoma City and Stillwater, that uh, it, it's obviously a good problem to have, but um, that's that's going to dwindle some of your numbers. And then I imagine being down 12 to nothing to Missouri State uh, uh, yesterday um, for fans who were going to, you know, planned on showing up for the Arkansas game. Um, they might have, you know, found other plans by that time. So I, I don't know. I think that uh, tonight it'll be. I think it'll be a good crowd. Um, you know, the fan bases, different coaches um, throughout the the athletic department and the players. They're all, you know, kind of calling on the fans to to come out tonight. And, and I, you know, it's going to be weird with softball playing down um, in Oklahoma City at the same time. Uh, but I think I'd expect tonight for for Oklahoma State fans to show out, especially considering, as you mentioned, that it's kind of been a, a down point of it. The, the fans that have shown up have been loud. Um, I thought last night was a really cool atmosphere with, you know, you have the – any time a hit happened, you know, it was going crazy in the building because either the Arkansas fans were going nuts or the Oklahoma State fans were going nuts. Um, you had the, the OSU Cowboys chant uh, rivaling, you know, Wu-Pick Stewie, um, kind of just going back and forth. I, I thought it made for a fun atmosphere last night. But, yeah, I'd certainly expect um, that, that Monday night elimination game against, you know, a team that's as close proximity-wise as Arkansas uh, that the fans will show out tonight. Who's a player outside the big bats and the stars in this lineup that we could expect that that may be able to bring something to the table? Because you look at a guy like Caden Trinkle who bats down in the lineup, He seemed it, it doesn't seem like there's any drop-off in that lineup altogether. So who are some of the other hitters that we can look out for in the lineup tonight? Yeah, you mentioned Caden Trinkle. He's obviously been been pretty big in this regional um, and then a guy like Zach Earhart, who is hitting out of the two spot, um, it's really just been his job. He's another true freshman. It's, it's really just been his job to get on base, and he's done that a lot this year. Um, been really deadly on the base pads. Um, and, and then any any contributions that Oklahoma State can get for whoever's catching tonight, whether it be Ian Doherty um, or Chase Atkinson, uh, those will be those will be big at bats. Um, you know, that, that's kind of been a spot where Oklahoma State lacked um, a little bit in the hitting department. Um, so if either of those guys can get going tonight, that'll be that'll be huge for Oklahoma State. Yeah, I know it's going to be uh, interesting from that perspective too. And uh, I think everybody's kind of going all in and th- expecting craziness tonight. But do you expect a lot of offense again? Like, do you expect it to be another double-digit, high-scoring game between these two teams again? Or do you think that maybe uh, something happens to where defense and pitching steps up a little bit more tonight? You know, I think the safe answer would be that it gets crazy offensively again, just because that's, that's been the whole regional at this point. Um, but with that being said, with everything being as unexpected as it's been, maybe maybe it is, you know, just like a 2 nothing game somehow uh, tonight. I think it'll depend a lot on pitching, uh, obviously. Um, but if, you know, Oklahoma State uses their weekend starters um, some, if they use Medeiros, if they use Justin Campbell, um, same, same with Arkansas, if they throw those guys out for an inning or two, um, that, that can obviously you know get guys off of the, off of timing a little bit. Um, so I could see a world where it is a, a lower scoring game if those guys aren't you know totally sore and, and come out and can give a good inning or two. And then obviously you're switching pitchers, um, so the bats are going to have to find timing on on whoever's coming up next. So I, I could see a world where that happens, but just with how crazy offense this this weekend's been, um, I think the only right way for this this regional to go out would be with another you know double digit versus double digit run game. Is there something that could determine who plays catcher tonight between Atkinson and Doherty? Is that something that these guys have done? Have they split time throughout the season? Yeah, so Atkinson was uh, mainly the guy throughout the early part of the year. Um, his, his batting average kind of continued to decline, continued to decline uh, to where I, I think, you know, Holiday felt more comfortable going with Doherty. Um, but then here as of late, they've kind of gone uh, one game on, one game off. Uh, so I'd expect Doherty to get the, the run tonight. Um, just because Atkinson caught, caught last night, but Doherty caught you know the game before, um, so I'd expect it to be Doherty tonight. 
but I guess it really just depends on on soreness, on who decides they can squat down for at least another nine innings um, and, and catch a, a variety of arms. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing that's like fatigue. Like I just you know these guys play a lot of games, obviously in weekends, and we we see them play midweeks and everything. But it's just so different in postseason play where you're having to to play so many games. And Oklahoma State's had to play one more game uh, compared to Arkansas and all that. Do you see that as any sort of advantage or disadvantage when it comes to the amount of games? Obviously, it doesn't pitching, but when it comes to the rest of the guys, when it comes to fatigue, when it comes for all of that, do you think that that's going to play any bit of a factor tonight? As far as the amount of games, maybe no, but maybe the headspace that that yesterday kind of provided. Um, you know, Oklahoma State essentially played for 11 straight hours yesterday, and um, there was supposed to be a gap in between games. I think there was technically um, nearly an hour um, in between games, but Oklahoma State didn't even change uniforms. They just, you know, wore the same thing uh, against Missouri State as they did against Arkansas. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, going through that grind that they did yesterday, I think there's got to be some some boost of confidence that that can provide. And then if you're Arkansas. You know, you were you were in the bird's eye seat, um, and all of a sudden you see this team come back from twelve nothing. Um, that you know, I, I imagine at some point yesterday, Arkansas was probably starting to prep for Missouri State a little bit because they were up, you know, twelve runs. Um, and then to lose the game the way that it was lost yesterday, I, I would imagine a mindset um, kind of state of mind would favor Oklahoma State at this point. But then at the same time, I just don't know how either team gets up from you know what happened yesterday and what's happened this weekend. And can you know answer the call and answer the bell another time? So I, I'm I'm not sure that the the amount of games um, would really affect anybody at this point. I think everybody's just kind of coasting on fumes, um, and I think that's what's going to make tonight a little bit more exciting. Last one before we let you get out of here, man. I think everyone is always interested in Regio and, and his uh, his antics out there on the field. And again, since this is really the first time so many Razorback fans have been able to watch him. Has he always been this way all season long? Is that just the way he plays, or has it been upped a little bit here in this regional? I think it has been upped a little bit in this regional, but he's always had, you know, he's always kind of tiptoed that line of, of confidence and cocky uh, throughout this year. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's the kind of guy that it's kind of like a Draymond Green effect almost. If, if he's on your team, you probably love him. If he's not on your team, I could see why why anybody would dislike him. Uh, but he, he seems like anytime we talk to him in an interview, he seems like a really grounded, uh, you know, good kid. Uh, but but yeah, I, I think he's always kind of tiptoed that line of, of confidence and cocky, um, and, and it you know it makes it a lot of fun. You know, whenever you know he's looking like Jack Sparrow rounding third, um, and then all of a sudden he gets you know memed on hard on Twitter because they end up losing that game. Uh, I, I just kind of think that that adds to the to the excitement um, of the regional, as long as obviously it doesn't doesn't end up going too far. Well, man, we really appreciate you joining us. Obviously, it's been a crazy weekend. That's Marshall Scott, of course, uh, the one joining us, who is the owner and writer for Pistols Firing. I'm sure tonight's game will be another entertaining one. So uh, enjoy it, man. Good best of luck, and hopefully we catch up with you later down the road. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you.